Hi, Danny here, and thank you for listening. Today is one of my favorite episodes because it has a personal flavor to it. I think you will be able to hear my passion and my energy in, this, in today's session. Thank you for taking the time and thank you for joining us when I talk about the seven most asked questions real estate investors ask at least us. Enjoy the, enjoy the episode. Okay, we are good. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, everyone, depending where you are. This is Danny calling, you know, uh, from California. We do this session of um, um, talking about real estate every week on Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, California time. You are most welcome to join us, of course, uh, at any of those, uh, uh, you know, dates. And every week I bring a topic related to uh, investing that I'm going to share with you. Um, but the whole purpose here is to actually get you, uh, you know, engaged, um, come back, you know, come with questions related to the topic, not related to the topic. Uh, the whole purpose is really to create an education and engagement. So your likes, your hearts, your everything is appreciated. Thank you very much. Um, and let's get started with today's topic, which we're going to talk about <clears throat> the most common questions investors ask. So let me just say, before we start with the topic, I just want to make a, a short announcement. Um, for those of you who live physically in Southern California, uh, we're having, we're holding a class on Wednesday. That's in, uh, what, four or five days next week, the 20th of February. And in this class, we're going to talk about real estate investing. I'm going to be teaching different aspects of real estate investing. You are most welcome to join us if you are in Southern California. This is an actual in-the-room event um, and not uh, online. Um, every, anytime we attempt to broadcast those events, that uh, turns out to be very challenging. Um, and we start at 7 p.m. And it's free if you pre-register. There is a door fee if you show up the day of the event. With that said, we also have a session before at 6.15. We call it the power session, which is more of an opportunity for investors to engage and ask questions related to real estate investing that are not necessarily related to the topic. So if you're around next week, February the 20th, 2019, 7 p.m., we start with the class. 6.15, we start with the power session. You can join both. You can join just the class if you want. I'm going to put the uh, link right now. Um, to register, which is simply do it.net forward slash OC Feb 2019. Simply do it.net forward slash OC Feb 2019. And I am, uh, um, uh, stating it because we are recording it in few uh, channels. We have the Facebook live, we have the YouTube live, and we have the, uh, podcast right here as well. Um, so with that said, let's start with today's topic, which is most asked questions answered. And let me just say this. When we work with investors, before we even start a, you know, an official or a conversation or a one-on-one -on -one session, intimate conversation between us and, a, and, a, and an individual investor or a couple, we ask the you, before the, we speak, to complete an intake form, the intake, a pre-meeting intake form. The intake takes two or three minutes. It's nothing, nothing too personal. 
It's more of a prep. It's a prep for us to get to know you a little bit better before the session. And it's a prep for you to ask, you know, answer some questions. And what we found that when people do that, it actually gets you thinking about investing and kind of, kind of gets your mind rolling in the right direction. Those are some of them are more of an open question, not too much, just to get things, you know, on this, you know make sure we're on the same page. Um, and we have, well, well over, uh, well over 1,000 lines in this, uh, uh, in this intake. Uh, I have done sessions like this. I have done one-on-one, we call it strategy session with investors, well over 7,500 sessions, 7,500 miles. I think it's even getting closer to, to 10,000 by now since 2004. So there were days in my career that I have done, I would do sessions like this one from um, 8 in the morning until 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. back to back. You know, every 30 minutes or every 45 minutes, uh, back to back. Um, and the, we only started collecting uh, collecting uh, the intake a few years ago. Um, we had a previous intake. I mean, we probably lost that. Um, and we analyzed it. We analyzed the intake and we found out, uh, we wanted to see what people are asking for. What is the most asked questions by investors? Like, what's the number one? And altogether, what are the most common one? And that's how we figure out how many people are, uh, what they're, you know, at the top of their list. Uh, of course, there are many questions, but we're going to start with the, with the top seven, not necessarily in the right order. So question number one, and again, before I proceed, feel free to uh, comment, feel free to ask questions while I speak. So this is a session for you. I want to share that information with you. Of course, you know, uh, press likes and hearts and etc. And, you know, I, I recognize a few of the names that are joining us. So I really appreciate it. Few of the names I know just by joining online and few of the names... You know, I have a friend here or two friends here that I know, uh, um, you know, in person as well. So by all means, please uh, contribute to the conversation. I think that would be terrific. And I appreciate that. Um, let's not make it a one-sided conversation. Thank you. All right. Um, number one, I want to talk about cash flow for a second. I want to talk about cash flow. Um, many times when we purchase properties with with um, uh, with uh, uh, a mortgage, the cash flow that we receive from the property after everything, when you factor in vacancy, repairs, insurance, property taxes, repairs, maybe HOA, uh, management fee, leasing fee, all of those real life expenses, you end up seeing that in the first few years of the investment, your cash flow is going to be, and of course, mortgage payments, it's going to be $100, $200, realistically, maybe $300 a month, realistically, on average, after real-life expenses, okay? Now, sometimes, even investors who are actively investing call me up and say, why am I doing this? What's the point? I mean, I don't really need $200 in cash flow in my life. I have my salary, and even if I have two or three properties, and they're generating $600 now, right, in my life, What's the point? I mean, $600, it's nice. I'm not going to say no, but all the trouble, all the hustle, all the all of this for what? For three properties with $600 a month? What am I missing here? And it's interesting that I see it from beginners and I also see it from people who actually invested and kind of lost, lost, you know, the track or lost the, 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 you know, the focus. And they're asking themselves, they're doubting themselves. Well, let me tell you this. 
you can definitely invest in certain type of real estate that will generate a significant cash flow. First of all, if you buy without a mortgage, obviously that will help, right? Uh, also, if you can, you can go and buy, you know, really cheap properties uh, for thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, or you know, so in, in, in typically not in good areas, and typically those will be cash deals, and the rent is relatively high on the, you know, on the investment amount, right? On paper, many times the actual rent is not necessarily as high, but in paper. So when we're talking about nice houses in the suburbs of different U.S. metros, such as Nashville and Dallas and Houston and, you know, and others, you know, alike. And we're talking about really nice house in a nice community, um, in the middle class, you know, type of neighborhood, upper middle class, middle middle class, lower middle class, you know, uh, good schools. This property is not going to be a cash cow. Now, it's not going to be a cash cow to begin with. It's not going to be a cash cow uh, when you have a mortgage. But when you look at a bigger picture and you say, okay, when you buy this property and after all expenses, let's just say it's generating in the first two years, $200 a month in cash flow on average. Okay. Obviously, we're not going to do it for $200 you know, in cash flow. You know, that, it's, not, you know, it's nice, but it's not worth the trouble. Um, but when you look at the total investment, you say, okay, this property is slowly appreciating over time, right? It may still do a little bit of a up and down, up and down over time, but let's just say it even appreciates at the rate of inflation of 4% per year, right? 4% a year on average, okay? It could be more, it could be more, it could be less, but let's just say I'm not, I'm not, you know, keeping it simple. You will see that your initial investment, how much you put in to buy the property, not including the mortgage, is actually quite significantly higher return, right? So your your 4% on a total property is equal to maybe you know eight or, or more percent on your you know six or eight percent on your total actual investment. So that's number one. Remember, there is there is leverage here and the asset is appreciating in you know four percent. But your total, your, your actual funds are appreciating much better. Okay, that's one. Second, rents do tend to go up over time slowly. Rents don't tend to creep up on a five or a two, three, four, five percent every year. They creep up, and all of a sudden, by year three, your cash flow is, you know, is two hundred and fifty, and by year seven, it's three fifty. Right. So slowly, you will see that the cash flow is increasing over time. Right. It's not a guarantee, but that's you. If you look at the history, that's usually what happens. So your cash flow increases over time. Okay. So all of a sudden, you start at two hundred and you go up a little, you know, over time. And third, look about the long term. Right. What this property will do for your financial being in 10 years, 15 years, right? Maybe or more. You will see that between the small appreciation, right? And a little bit of a cash flow that, you know, accumulates. And the fact that your cash flow is after mortgage payments. And I am talking about, you know, the scenario that you buy it with a mortgage. Then with, you know, the mortgage payments include principal payment. So slowly the loan, the, the bar money goes down, right? So all of a sudden you build, you build equity from appreciation and you build equity from paying down the mortgage principal and you build cash flow, generating cash flow. All of that combined is really going to impact your financial being in the future. It's just a very slow mechanism to, uh, to wealth. So if you're focused on the, on the $200 and you say, what the heck? then you're missing the bigger picture, right? 
I'm not saying there are other, you know, there are definitely other ways to make money faster, shorter term, etc. But this is a very relatively slow, consistent, even if it has ups and downs, to uh, you know, a slow mechanism to wealth. So the cash flow, remember, it's not about, um, 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 it's not about the, uh, it's not about the actual cash flow that comes with it. It's more about <laughs> what the entire investment will do for you okay that's number one number two should you buy locally or out of state okay so my answer for this is where do you live if you live in nashville then i would say by all means go and buy in nashville locally if you live like me in, in california very close to the you know to the coastline and you know an average house here probably costs about 1.5 mil and that's not even something too fancy. You know, maybe I can find something for 750, which I will go in the, in the, in the, in the, to a different area or 600. And I can rent a $600,000 house for 2000, right? Maybe 2,500. So that's for me a really not attractive investment, right? I want to be able to, you know, if I could go out here and buy a 600000 in a good area, not doesn't have to be too fancy, $600,000 uh, home, and rent it for 5000 plus, then it would make more sense to me. I would want to be even better than that. But that would, that would be a start, okay? So it really depends where you live. What's your alternative? I would rather go to areas that can stretch or I can leverage as an investment, not as a mortgage. Investment my my hard you know hard money, hard earned money, into other you know in, into doing a much better returns. That's the whole point, right? I don't. I'm not. You know, I have been doing this for 15 years. I started when I you know my first investment when I was living in Tel Aviv, Israel. Purchased in um um, um purchased in um in outside Phoenix, Arizona, in 2002. That was a much better, at the time, return than the alternative, right? Then I moved to California. And in California, the numbers were horrible, right? Very horrible to say the least. So I wanted to explore where I can invest in different parts of the country where the rent relatively to the purchase price is higher. And that's, that, that, that's the basic of this, okay? So simple answer is, can you do well you know, locally, go for it. If you are in an area that it's super expensive to begin with, right? The $600,000 may not be something that, you know, uh, uh, achievable or doable for a lot of us. Or even if you can, the numbers are just so off. Why would you want to do that? So going out of state makes perfect sense, right? Uh, for that reason. So it really depends where you, where you are, where you live, and, and uh, what's the alternative, right? If you live in an area that maybe by going to Nashville, you can do much, you know, you can do a little better than by investing locally, maybe save the trouble and buy locally. But if the difference, you know, I can tell you from my experience from, from California, the rents that I'm getting for the same investment amount is probably two to three times better, more rent versus the, uh, you know, the local property in California. So second point, local versus out of state, you know, I think that's, uh, that's uh, a really, a question you should be asking based on your alternative. Now, if we're talking about out-of-state properties, one of the most asked questions is, do I need to travel, right? Do I need to travel to see, to check? Well, I want to divide it into two parts. I want to say my simple and most forward answer about this, yes. You don't have to, but I think it's excellent if you do. 
I think it will help your um, confidence, your that you're feeling okay and feeling better, especially if you're starting out. So the simple answer is, even if you have to travel you know, internationally, I think it's a good start to go and travel and see what you're buying before you're buying or while you're under contract. I think it will help, mostly it will help you because when you're having a rental property and that property closed a week ago, or sorry, a month and a half ago, and it's still sitting vacant, you will be nervous, especially if you're a beginner. You will be nervous and you, you start doubting yourself. And you start asking yourself, is someone, you know, cheating me? Is someone not telling me everything? What have I done? Right? The fact that it takes, it can take a property to get rented a month, three weeks, a month and a half, even longer sometimes, right? You know, he's, you know we're not going to even remember the logic of that, the sanity of that. We're all going to be very pressured. I have learned over the years that for every little problem that there exists with the property, for every thousand miles of distance, the problem multiplied by, you know, it sounds 10 times worse. So for example, when we hear a leak in the, you know, in the kitchen sink reported by the property manager, you know, by the time they, the information reaches us three, four thousand thousand miles away, then we only hear a flood. We hear that the house was flooded. I've been doing it long enough to know that's how it works. So when you're traveling, you're not going to learn the area or the market or the metro within one, two, three, even a week of staying there. But you get a, you're going to get a sense. You're going to get a sense of what the area is like, who are the people I'm working with, what type of properties. It will help feed you as, a, as an investor. It will help feed you as a, as a you know, uh, make you a better investor, feel more comfortable about the decision and by, about investing. Not to mention that would probably even make you, you know, if you go there and say, you know what, that's actually not for me to go and invest there, then that's a good thing as well. So traveling, not a must, but definitely something I suggest doing. I can tell you that in Simply Do It, our network, 85% of our investors buy sight unseen. No matter if they, they get the same answer I just gave you, you know, they still buy sight unseen. Only 15% travel before or while they're buying, you know, a rental property. So I think it's important, you know, good to have. And I'll take it one step further. When you own real estate, do you need to travel when you own? The chances of you needing to travel to solve a problem are practically zero. You may, that may happen, but I can tell you that pretty much everything can be done from a distance. Whether you're working with a property manager absolutely absolutely makes it even easier or not, um, then uh, uh, you can definitely do that um, you know, from a distance. So you, don't, you should not be expecting to travel even when you own, unless you feel it's better, unless you want to, of course, and, and there are also tax uh, consequences to that. Number four, property managers. Always the issue, property managers. Well, let's just start by saying that the, the me biggest misconception with property managers is that they're all liars, crooks, and cheaters, right? That's what everybody thinks immediately. Well, they're not, okay? Not all of them. I'm sure there are, there are plenty of you know, bad fish out there, but they're not all crooks and they're not all bad people. It just needs some time and attention and energy to find the good ones. Um, and I can tell you very clearly, Every property manager, you know, first of all, you got to understand property managers 
are always, always going to be between the rock and the hard place. They're always on the defensive because there is either a problem with the property, a problem with the tenant, right? Or a complaint from you, right? And many property managers are not the, the, you know, the great communicators because a lot of them actually are out in the field or they're not sitting down in an office, um, you know, in front of a PC. So remember that. Now, couple of things about that. Other good, reliable property managers? Absolutely. I have been doing it for 15 years. I've I found many of them and I'm still working with many of them. Other perfect? None of them are, right? We're dealing with humans and humans mis- make mistakes and those mistakes, you know, um, you, know, don't, you know, even good intentions not always resulting in the uh, desirable outcome or sometimes they make one decision and you look at it and you are um, uh, thinking, oh, I, I, sh- I, I would have or I should have done, I would have done things differently, okay? So that will happen. This is not like if it would happen. Or those miscommunication, discrepancies, misunderstandings, they're going to happen. You can count on it. Now, so the simple answer is, can you trust them? Absolutely. If you, you know, can you trust all of them? No. You need to vet. You need to check. You need to make sure you're finding the right people. And you need to make sure you're also supervising them or checking on them to let them know you are not just a passive investor. You are an involved. Doesn't mean you need to call them on a weekly basis or a daily basis to, to bug them. Probably not, right? Do you need to check up on them? I think so. I call it nudging, and I think it's important to nudge, you know, and the frequency of nudging really depends on the situation. The house in a, is, is vacant is one situation, a repair is another situation, and so on and so forth. So the simple answer is there are good, hardworking property managers out there that really care and want to please their, their uh, you know, their clients, their owners, right? Even those good ones, is not always going. To, is it's not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes, and they're going to you know, and they're you know, even when they bring in all full intentions. So remember that. And I think your job as an owner is not necessarily to come down strongly or criticize ruthlessly your property manager, but actually try to make them succeed, help them succeed. If you help them to succeed, right, and you kind of push them or encourage them or motivate them in the right direction. And that's exactly my, my mindset with property managers. That means they'll take better care of your property. Remember, it's not their property they're managing. It's your property they're managing. Okay. The ultimate responsibility of that asset is not with them, is with you. And if you understand that, you can help them do better for you. Remember that you can help them remember to do better for you. That's very, very important. So property managers, good ones are available and, um, you know, and can do a good job. Now, along the same line, next point, how can I make sure when the property manager tells me there is a problem or a repair that it's really happened, right? And they're not just making it up, right? Well, first of all, if, if there's a trust level with a property manager, that's one thing, no problem. If there is not a full trust level or it's being built, there's a couple of things you can do. One, you can actually contact the property, the, the tenant, if you have their details, anonymously and just do a follow-up kind of, hello, we want to see, you know, uh, you, know um, you know, if there was a fix this week and we're doing just a, you know, a follow-up. And what was, the, what was the situation and was it taken care of? So you kind of investigate you know, in, in a sneaky way. 
If that's not enough, you know, you can actually send an, a, you know, a, um, like an inspector, you know, someone that will go there. It's not that expensive or someone that just go on your behalf. You're going to pay them, I don't know, 50 to 100 bucks, depending on what needs to be done. And they're going to go there and check. Also, you can ask the property manager to send you some photos of before and after to make sure. Okay, so those things can help you if you're really nervous and you you know if you don't trust your property manager, that's a good that's a that's a sign right there to replace them. But if you want to kind of like a, like a, do a you know secret shopper or to, to to follow up on them, you can send someone over and they will go and take some photos and, and just make sure everything is done. So you can follow up even from a distance to actually confirm that the specific, specific work, specific thing was done, okay? Um, next question, probably one of the most asked questions is, do you need an LLC, an entity to buy real estate? Well, it's a wide, you know, question. It's a, you know, it's a comprehensive. Every time we talk about entities and LLCs, I, it, for me, it feels like we're talking, we're opening a door to a corridor of options. So let me start by a disclaimer. I am not an attorney. I, I cannot give you legal advice, obviously, and I don't always know the specific situation. But generally speaking, an LLC, the way I see it from an, you know, an experienced investor is this. When you buy with a conventional mortgage, the bank doesn't want to lend money to an LLC. They want to lend money to an individual. And if you buy a property and, and thinking of converting you know, or, or transferring the title from, um, from your name to an LLC after purchase, which something that can be done, just so you know, there are consequences to doing something like this, such as breach of contract with the, with the, with the lender, with the mortgage company, and other consequences on the title. So don't just go ahead and do that. There are significant consequences you need to be aware. That's the two things you need to know. Now, for me, the answer of an LLC is really depending on what you're doing, what's your investment. If you're buying cash and you have no plans of refinancing the property, I would say entity or LLC makes sense, right? If you're buying with a mortgage, um, then probably LLC will be more, more difficult to, 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 to do. Can be done, tricky, like I said, but can be done. Um, if you're buying to flip, then you're probably going to do it with, a, with, a, with an entity or LLC as well. So the simple answer is, I would say it's not a yes and no answer. It's more of a, of a situation-based answer. Cash versus mortgage. Flipping versus rentals. You know, middle class rentals areas like I like to do versus lower end rentals, you know, cheap, you know, not so good properties in not so good areas. Those are all commercial versus residential. Those are all questions that um, you should be asking or considering to make that determination should you use an entity or not. So it's not a yes, it's not a no. Um, you know, a lot of times I hear people ask me these questions, this question about LNC, and mostly they are. Um, just following someone else's advice or, or heard someone else, uh, someone else speak and talk about it and they're just copy pasting the answer. So by all means, I would say make it your own situation and it's really something you need to, the answer should be driven from what, what you're trying to accomplish and best would be to talk to an attorney or, or someone on the legal side. And remember, when you go to talk to an attorney, most likely the answer is always going to be yes. 
A, because that means more money for them for service, and B, they're always coming approaching this um, um, from the safety uh, um, aspect, not the, necessarily the, the trenches or the real life, but the, 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 the safety aspect. And let me give you a little story about that. Um, I am, I'm using a legal advice service for probably seven years or more. It's something that I pay monthly subscription and I call you know, an attorney even if I have one question or I need to review a document or all of that. And I really like this service because I can call seeking an advice pretty much on any aspect of legal in any state. For example, I had a, you know, a, a problem with, uh, you know, uh, with a neighbor in one house in Florida that he claimed that, uh, you know, he wanted something, you know, for me, attorney in Florida, no problem. I had, uh, um, something regarding a title issue and transferring title, you know, question in Indianapolis. I called, no problem, right? So even had some, something to do in California regarding to, you know, to a, to, to a traffic ticket. Called an attorney in California regarding traffic, not even related to real estate. Wheels, all of those things, right? One time I talked to him, maybe seven years ago, I go, I call and I get this answer from this guy. I, I remember his name very, very clearly. I'm not going to say that, of course. Um, an attorney from the service. And I'm asking something very, very specific about, about related to buying properties at the auction, right? At the auction. And the guy without, you know, this already been through, I've already purchased multiple properties at the auction. And this guy um, start criticizing me. What are you doing? And you can't do that. And it's not okay. And you read. And, and instead of being my attorney who tells me, don't tell me no, tell me how, right? Or, or protect my, my, my interest. But don't tell me no. He was going on and on and on. And like from this day on, actually it was the second or third time I spoke to this guy and I always hated his answers and I always hated, hated his attitude. And I said, not interested. So remember and switch to other ones. Remember you know, not to just follow the attorney. Come with the questions that you want answered. Come with things that you are care about so you, you can actually get more of the session with the attorney or the legal advice. Enough, enough said about that. So we just covered the sixth point, which is, do you need an LLC? And by the way, I have a whole episode online on to LLC or not LLC, diving into it really in the nitty gritty. It's online. You can check it out. Uh, instead of just giving you a brief answer, I really dive into that, that topic, um, you know, uh, quite heavily. Last question for the day. Last question for the day is, Drums. Okay, when we analyzed our intake with well over a thousand answers, right? Well over a thousand answers. The number one asked question by far, by far was, how do I get started? And I got to tell you, when we did this analysis, I was surprised. I thought it's very clear, right? We tried to make it very clear. Apparently not. So how do you get started? Let me, let me just give you a couple of things, a couple of pointers here. Before you jump in and start following the herd, ask yourself a few questions. How much money do I have? Am I going to buy with a mortgage? Do I want to be more passive or more active? Can I do it by myself or do I need help? Some guidance. Okay. Um, what's my experience level? And then more specifically about the property, what am I looking to buy? Am I looking to buy a one-bedroom, one-bathroom? A two bedrooms, two bathrooms, a three, two, whatever. Try to describe that property. What is it you want to buy? 
you know, how much square foot, what size, what age of a house, how much money, how much rent, you know, what kind of ROI you're looking for, right? Even if you don't have all the answers, outline 5, 10, 15 questions you want to get answers, not necessarily about the, the property itself, but more to give you a broad, a broader uh, um, um, inner look, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, what is a good fit for you. Because if you answer that, you need, you, you don't have time, you don't have experience, and you want to be hands off, then you should go in a route that it's a, more of a passive in, in investing, such as joining a group or a syndication or something like that. And if you're saying, no, I actually have to be involved, and I want to be hands-on, then you may want to be not just buying a rental property using a property manager. You may want to buy a rental property with, you know, uh, locally that you can actually feel and touch and deal with it, right? If you're a control freak. If you're anywhere in between, find that niche for you, right? So ask that before you start following the herd in a certain direction, okay? And then you'll be able to better steer your way in this, in this environment. Now, simply put, how much money, right? What do you need? You need funds. If you're using a mortgage, qualify for a mortgage. You need to find the market or the metro or, you know, and the, and the, and the people that will help you buy. Submit an offer and purchase. It's that simple, right? It's that simple. Obviously, a lot of us get distracted or, um, you know, or kind of lose, lose a, a focus in the process because it's overwhelming of many, many, many little details. The way we set it up is actually very easy. We tell the investors, contact us. We're going to ask you to complete the intake form. Once you complete the intake form, we're going to set up a time for us to speak in an intimate environment, right? Not something that will, you know, with, a, with other people around, just an intimate environment where we can talk about your objections, your um, questions, concerns, and so on. And actually, in the conversation, we call it the strategy session. And this, in this session, we actually try to answer those questions I just told you to make sure this is a good fit between what you're trying to accomplish and what we're able to do. So if you come to us and say, listen, I want to buy, you know, a hundred unit multifamily, you know, for whatever millions of dollars, I'm going to tell you this is not a good fit, right? That's not what we do, right? Sometimes people come and say, we want to work with you as wholesalers. Again, not a good fit. It's not what we do. But if you're distracted, you're not sure, you have money, but you're not sure, should I go to Nashville? Should I buy a rental property? Should I buy for this amount? Should I use a mortgage? That's where we come and say, okay, let's clarify those things and try to put you in the right direction. Okay? So how do you get started with us? Very simple. You just go and complete our intake form, which I'm going to put a link, a link to it. And we ask you a few questions, not too much, not to bug you too much. Um, and then we set up a time and we set up a time and talk. We talk about uh, you. We talk about your needs, your, uh, um, your concerns, etc. And we see if they're a good fit and then we'll take it from there. No string attached, no sales pitch in the session. Usually 30 to 40 minutes usually is okay. We do it by phone. We do it in person. If you're local in Southern California, we do it, um, obviously, uh, Zoom, Skype, you know, whatever. I don't care. The important thing is for us to have a session that we can communicate properly 
We do it with people who live in, outside of the United States. We, we, live in, we do it with people who live in different parts of the country. It's all good. No problem. And then we actually try and reveal the answers or uh, you know, clarify those answers for you and possibly tell you how to move forward from that point on. So you're most welcome to join us, um, meet with, with me one-on-one -on -one virtually or one-on-one -on -one in person to move to the next step, which is you know, how to really get started. If you want to do that, press the link, complete the form. Kenny, my awesome assistant, will, will contact you and uh, set up a time. Um, if you are uh, just want to have a quick conversation with me or just two minutes, no problem. Jump on a quick call or a quick chat. That's okay too. Not a problem. You know how to contact me. And with that said, if you have any questions, doubt or comments or feedback, um, that would be a great time to put them on the, on the post, uh, on the comments, of course. And while you're doing that, I'm just going to say that for those who joined a little bit later, if you scroll up to the comments, you will see that for those who are either leaving Southern California or are traveling to Southern California, the coming Wednesday, we're going to have a class on real estate investing. Shockingly, I know, surprise. You're most welcome to join that class um, uh, in person, in the room, in Irvine. On Wednesday, the 20th of February, we have a session. We have the class starts at 7. At 6.15, we actually get together and we do an open forum for questions. We call it the power session. Just a Q&A for for, you know, with, the, with, the, with the audience, for the audience. Um, whatever questions you want to bring about real estate investing. The whole purpose is not just for me to provide information, but actually people from the, from the audience can contribute their own experience. That's coming up. It's free if you pre-register. It's uh, $15 to $25 door fee, depending on uh, which session you are joining. I hope to see you there. It's not going to be broadcasted online, at least not that we are planning on. And if there are any questions, by all means, let's get them now. And if not, we're going to be wrapping up for today. So I'm going to wait for another 45 seconds for your comments, your questions, or anything else. By the way, if you benefit, if you thought this is a good session and you think you're benefiting, please say something. Kindly say something. Be courteous to your uh, to your uh, host and say, "Danny, I liked it. Danny, I liked mostly the LLC, whatever." So this way, I get some feedback from you. Otherwise, I will just assume you're not here with me. You are have the live in front of you, but are watching something else distracted, you know, on Facebook. I'm being quiet because I'm waiting to see if something comes in. I have to say that this format, the one thing I don't like about this format is usually people do not really um, engage with the conversation. I have two guys that usually, two uh, guys that usually uh, uh, do uh, ask questions. I think I saw one of them today here, but maybe he's gone already. By the way, I'm going to say this. Um, for those of you who speak Hebrew, we are just launching today um, a podcast, another podcast, just in Hebrew. I don't know if you can see that. Just in Hebrew. So we only uploaded, um, you know, uploaded the one, uh, two episodes, but we're bringing up uh, more. Um, I also have my own podcast in English, of course. If you look up on any podcast player, 
simply do it. Guided real estate investing. You will find us. If you can't find us, send me a, send me a, ask me and I'll send you a link to either the one in Hebrew or the one in English. Uh, so by all means, you can join. The whole point is really putting information out there so we can engage, we can do business together and we can educate you on real estate investing. My favorite episode is episode number one in the Hebrew one because it talks about me. I introduce myself in more details. You can go ahead and listen. All right. No questions coming in. That's fine by me. Um, I just want to say thank you for joining. Even if you're joining right now, uh, you can watch the recording. It's available here on Facebook. It's available here on YouTube. It's available here on the other podcast in English. You can consume it. Send us comments. Send us questions. Send us you know information. And I want to wish all of you happy and great long weekend if you live in the States. Enjoy your long weekend holiday. And uh, thank you, everyone. Have a terrific rest of your day, a terrific weekend. Hope to talk to you in person soon. See you next week here in this session. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye from California. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Okay, let's get started. Let's get started. We do it on a weekly basis. So first of all, good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening from California, depending on where you are. I know we have people who join us from different parts, different time zones, so I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you have a good Friday. Shirt is not all ironed out. Uh, we do this session, or I do this session, every Friday at 11, p 11 a.m. Pacific time, California time. And the sole purpose of this session is actually to engage with you, uh, talk about real estate investing, different aspects, different idea, mindset, concept, etc. Maybe uh, have your questions come up. Um, so the whole purpose is really to engage, to create you know, to content and knowledge and share with you all regarding real estate investing. Um, I typically bring my own topic and you are most well, welcome to participate with today's topic, but you are most welcome to send in your questions that are related to real estate investing, but are, even if they're not necessarily related to the topic, that's okay. I'll be happy to respond. If you're watching the recording, we are recording this in three formats, Facebook Live right here, YouTube Live that here, and we even have the podcast. We have a podcast uh, that we streamline. You can join uh, our podcast, no problem. By the way, we just launched another podcast in Hebrew, uh, which is a different, you know, a different session. So if you are more of a Hebrew speaker and wanna, you know, follow real estate investing, you know, in Hebrew, by all means, you can download our um, podcast in Hebrew. I will. Try to put a link to it in a few minutes uh, so you can share, you can actually uh, uh, be able to follow that. Uh, we only have, what, five, six or seven episodes at the moment, but I'm trying to upload at least once a week, if not more. I'm actually working on getting the uh, link to it as we speak. Today's topic is actually, here we go. Oh, sorry about that. Share your podcast. Here we go. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. Hello, Ali. Good to see you, my friend. Hi, Raz. Good to see you uh, as well. Um, 
It's been a long time. Okay, so today's topic is why do I love your job more than probably you do? All right, maybe you love your job, so it'll be uh, really love your job, so it'll be a tough competition. But the general concept is this a lot of people either like their job or don't like their jobs, but one way or another, they wish there was an, you know, an alternative income or an additional income. Some even call it passive income coming into their life and that they can either you know, quit their job and, and stop working or do something different. Well, I think it's a, you know, for many of us or all of us, uh, that's definitely, definitely something we all aspire to. One way or another, the way I see it is this. See, even if I didn't have to work tomorrow, I would probably still be working, right? Just because I like doing it, I like working, I enjoy what I do. So for me, it's not just, you know, the satisfaction or fulfillment is not just about, you know, getting money or getting paid. It's about, you know, a, a personal fulfillment as well. But... Some of us would rather do something different. Some of us would rather work less, um, you know, not being able not to, you know, not be in a position where we have to put our job in the, you know, the highest priority or the top of the list or maybe, you know, number two, number three after our family and other things um, and spend so much time there, obviously. And we would like to be in a position where something else is compensating us financially. Now, the reason I call it why I love your job more than you is because I've been doing real estate investing since 2002 and actually working with investors, doing it more of a professionally, not just for my own portfolio since 2004. So that means since 2004, what is it, uh, 15 years or so, I have been doing this. Hi, Tal. Good to see you, my friend. Um, I've been doing this. Uh, you know, working with others, working for my own portfolio, working with others, helping them invest. Um, you know change their financial you know, standing. And every once in a while, I meet someone and say, you know what, Danny, I want to quit my job and start doing real estate full time. Or I want to quit my job for one reason or another, do or do not do real estate. The problem with this, most times when I talk to someone, when they come up to me and say, hey, this is what we want to do. My first question to that person is, do you have a plan to do it? And not only if you know if you have a plan, do you know the consequences when you talk about real estate and your job? You really understand how it can be beneficial for you to not quit your job. So let's talk about that for a second. So first of all, real estate can be a type of a passive income, right? How much real estate, how much passive income, how to go about it, that's a whole different conversation. And we're not gonna dive into that, but you know. Just by saying real estate can be a passive income, we know it will be challenging or very difficult unless we have really good you know, financial starting point to go out and tomorrow buy X number of properties to supplement our income. If we're in that position, right, we may not be in a need to hold a job the same way we're holding it right now. So if you are someone saying, you know what, I would like to transition over time, in the next two, five, whatever years, to the point that something else is generating a, some sort of an income into my life. It could be more than one resource. Resource. It could be, you know, I have an investor who actually decided to quit his job because between the real estate that he does, plus the selling on Amazon, he says that generates more money than my job, and my job is just creating more stress in my life. 
So he decided to take a break. He's not. He may come back uh, to work as an, you know, as a, as a, as an employee. You know, he's been very courted by other companies to to join them. But he's enjoying the position of just kind of thinking about what to do next, uh, doing more real estate, doing more Amazon, and not going back to work. You know, the the traditional you know job with a with an employer. He may still do that, but that would be his choice, not because he has to, because he wants to, or because he feels the right thing. But even to him, I told him, you know, your job is actually something that can help you, at least when it comes to real estate. This is why I love your job for primarily two main reasons. Number one, if you want to transition or if you want to start investing in real estate and you want to, you know, real estate to be part of your passive income flow, right? And you want to build it and you know it's going to take some time. The first thing you probably need to acknowledge with your job is that when you have a steady job and you want to use mortgages, the lender loves you, right? If you come to a lender and you're, you don't have the steady job, the lender doesn't want to lend you. You know, mortgage lenders, for the most part, want to qual- qualify us or you, me, etc., as the borrower and what our financial strength in terms of repaying the loan, okay? So the qualification is mostly on us, Right, and if we don't have a job, that weakens our standing, financial standing. That it doesn't even matter if we have 800, you know, credit score. It's still not good enough for the lender. The lender sees us as a risk. So in that situation, what you want to do is keep that job because you will be more attractive to the lender, and the lender will be more likely to give you loans. Now, the fact that you're gonna go to the lender while having a job. And a year later, you know, quit your job doesn't matter to the lender anymore. It's, you know, that's the way it is. You know, they care at the moment of the qualification. So first of all, remember this, lenders love your job, right? Number one. Number two, right? Number two, job produces cash, brings cash into your life, right? So you have cash coming in. That cash is something you can use to save in order to, you know, to, to boot towards your down payment for the rent, for buying a rental property. And that cash is also something that helps you sustain your life or your livelihood while the real estate is not or, you know, producing, you know, or, or producing minimally. When we buy rental properties with a mortgage, the cash flow with a mortgage after all expenses is not very high. We don't do it for the $200 you know, a month in cash flow, which is nice, you know, because that is not a significant impact financially. We do it for the long-term hold. What happened when the house is paid off? Then it turns to be $1,000 a month per property in cash flow. And the equity that we're building in that property in 10, 15 plus years, that's what we do. It's a long play. It's a long-term play. It's not a quick buck or a quick, you know, get rich quick kind of a, kind of a scheme. But we have to go through those years of minimal cash flow until, you know, rent goes up, creeps up over time. And until the you know, equity builds up, that is really why we do it for the long term, a very powerful, slow mechanism. But in order to do that, we have to suffer through those years of going through the minimal cash flow per property until we accumulate more and more cash flow. And in that point, we can say, okay, now we have more cash flow, passive income coming into our life. We can now take that cash flow and say, that creates the foundation for us to pay you know, for housing, to pay for food, to pay for whatever we need. And we can 
you know, maybe even pay for everything and we don't, we no longer need our job or we can shift and say, we don't know, we no longer need that hectic job. We can actually settle for something else that is a little bit more relaxed, that is a little more, you know, less hours, that gives us a little more quality time with ourselves, our family, our friends, etc. So your job creates a two very important things when it comes to real estate. Number one, you are attractive to lenders. Number two, you are um, you have cash coming into your life to sustain your lifestyle, and you have cash coming into your life so you can possibly, hopefully, save and put towards your next down payment for the next property, either number one, number two, etc. So your job is very beneficial, especially if you want to go in that direction of transitioning. If you want to transition out of your job into another job, into a part-time job, into not working at all, my question for you, what's your plan? How are you going to accomplish that? Real estate can help you accomplish that. Can you do it overnight? Probably not, unless, you know, you have a lot of money available and you can buy, you know, a million, two, three million dollar worth of real estate without mortgages in the next, you know, month or so. If that's your case, then this is easy. If you're not in that category, then you need to build that wealth. Building that wealth takes time. You can maybe start, you know, a little bit more aggressive and transition into your, uh, into, uh, uh, into, uh, real estate in two or five years. If you're a little bit more aggr- aggressive or fast, doesn't have to be aggressive. Or you can take your time and maybe get there, get to that point. Uh, that maybe in 10 years from now, but at least you have an end game. At least you have an end point. You know what you want to uh, uh, go towards. And now you just need to make sure you have a good plan to get, you know, getting there. So your job can help you get there. Think about it not as you um, working, but think about it as you have a job that fuels other things in your life, such as the real estate, such as, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, buying, you know, investing in other passive income methods. Real estate is one of them. I'm sure you, you are familiar with others. Um, even my client investor who owns multiple properties, who has, you know, a very successful store on Amazon and has, you know, um, you know, real estate coming, you know, um, funds coming in passively from real estate. Even this guy is thinking about going back and working because he knows is more attractive to lenders. He knows he has a buying, you know, it will give him the buying power to buy additional properties. So even in that case, and he's a young guy, he's not even 40 or just turning 40. And he says, you know what? I'm enjoying this right now, but I think I'm, I may just go back because I'll, you know, I'm making quite a significant income for my, for my job in, in, the, in the work that I'm doing that it can actually fuel everything, you know, um, you know, for me and accelerate everything that I'm trying to accomplish. And I told him, listen, you can actually go, you're in a great position to go. My suggestion to him is like, find a job, but find a job that it's more relaxed, you know, find a job that will enable you to not work as hectically and not travel as much and be more at home. Maybe that means a compromise on the income, but you know, look at what it gives you in return, more time with your, more quality time with your loved ones, and better position yourself with buying additional real estate. And he wants to buy, he already has multiple properties and he wants to buy additional properties, you know, so it's something very realistic in his case. Um, With that said, thank you for taking the time and joining me. 
if you have any questions, by all means, please put them, um, uh, put them as a comment and I will address them. I will take this time to just say that if you are not on our mailing list, not on our mailing list, you are missing on a few things. One is we send once a week um, handpicked list of properties. So um, you probably want to receive that if you are um, um, if you are interested in getting and seeing the type of properties we are dealing with. Plus, we make announcements on um, events and webinars and different things and courses that we put, and we typically send them first of all by uh, email, so you can actually get and sometimes you know uh, uh, coupons and. And discounts and stuff like that. So if you're not on our mailing list and you're here, I would suggest you join our mailing list to, to be able to get those this type of information. You just need to subscribe uh, on the link that I've put on simplydoit.net and you can just uh, join uh, the 14 plus videos that we have, uh, which is free. You can always opt out, of course. So by all means, join us. If you have any questions regarding the topic, I will wait for another few good seconds. If you have questions that are not related to the topic, but are related to real estate, by all means, I'll be happy to uh, receive them as well. I'm going to wait here for a few more seconds. If you are listening to the recording, you know, um, contact us. Yeah, let us know uh, if, if you have any questions. Uh, you know, just because you're in the recording doesn't mean we cannot respond. So put a comment in the recording, send us an email, not a problem. We'll be happy to. Okay, very good. I don't see any questions today, which is fine. Um, thank you very much for taking the time. I want to wish everyone a, ha a happy rest of your day, a great weekend, and um, see you next week on another session uh, about real estate investing. Bye-bye, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Bye-bye. Okay, let's get started. Let's get started. We do it on a weekly basis. So first of all, good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening from California, depending on where you are. I know we have people who join us from different parts, different time zones, so I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you have a good Friday. Shirt is not all ironed out. Uh, we do this session, or I do this session, every Friday at 11, p 11 a.m. Pacific Time, California Time. And the sole purpose of this session is actually to engage with you, uh, talk about real estate investing, different aspects, different idea, mindset, concept, etc. Maybe uh, have your questions come up. Um, so the whole purpose is really to engage, to create you know, to content and knowledge and share with you all regarding real estate investing. Um, I typically bring my own topic and you are most well, welcome to participate with today's topic, but you are most welcome to send in your questions that are related to real estate investing, but are, even if they're not necessarily related to the topic, that's okay. I'll be happy to respond. If you're watching the recording, we are recording this in three formats, Facebook Live right here, YouTube Live that here, and we even have the podcast. We have a podcast uh, that we streamline. You can join uh, our podcast, no problem. By the way, we just launched another podcast in Hebrew, uh, which is a different, you know, a different session. So if you are more of a Hebrew speaker and wanna, you know, follow real estate investing, you know, in Hebrew, 
by all means you can download our um, podcast in Hebrew I will try to put a link to it in a few minutes uh, so you can share you can actually um, uh, be able to follow that uh, we only have what five six or seven episodes at the moment but I'm trying to upload at least once a week if not more I'm actually working on getting the uh, link to it as we speak today's topic is actually here we go Sorry about that. Share your podcast. Here we go. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. Hello, Ali. Good to see you, my friend. Hi, Raz. Good to see you as well. Um, It's been a long time. Okay. So today's topic is, why do I love your job more than probably you do? All right. Maybe you love your job, so... uh, It'll be uh, really love your job, so it'll be a tough competition. But the general concept is this. A lot of people either like their job or don't like their jobs, but one way or another, they wish there was an, you know, an alternative income or an additional income. Some even call it passive income coming into their life and that they can either you know, quit their job and, and stop working or do something different. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, for many of us or all of us, uh, that's definitely, definitely something we all aspire to. One way or another, the way I see it is this. See, even if I didn't have to work tomorrow, I would probably still be working, right? Just because I like doing it, I like working, I enjoy what I do. So for me, it's not just, you know, the satisfaction or fulfillment is not just about, you know, getting money or getting paid. It's about, you know, uh, uh, personal fulfillment as well. But some of us would rather do something different. Some of us would rather work less, um, you know, not being able not to, you know, not be in a position where we have to put our job in the, you know, the highest priority or the top of the list or maybe, you know, number two, or number three after our family and other things um, and spend so much time there, obviously. And we would like to be in a position where something else is compensating us financially. Now, the reason I call it why I love your job more than you is because I've been doing real estate investing since 2002 and actually working with investors, doing it more of a professionally, not just for my own portfolio since 2004. So that means since 2004, what is it, uh, 15 years or so, I have been doing this. Hi, Tal. Good to see you, my friend. Um, I've been doing this. Uh, you know, working with others, working for my own portfolio, working with others, helping them invest, um, you know, change their financial you know, standing. And every once in a while, I meet someone and say, you know what, Danny, I want to quit my job and start doing real estate full time, or I want to quit my job for one reason or another, do or do not do real estate. The problem with this, most times I talk to someone, when they come up to me and say, hey, this is what we want to do, my first question to that person is, do you have a plan to do it? And not only if you, know, if you have a plan, do you know the consequences when you talk about real estate and your job, you really understand how it can be beneficial for you to not quit your job. So let's talk about that for a second. So first of all, real estate can be a type of a passive income, right? How much real estate, how much passive income, how to go about it, that's a whole different conversation. And we're not going to dive into that, but you know, just by saying real estate can be a passive income, we know 
it will be challenging or very difficult unless we have really good you know financial starting point to go out and tomorrow buy x number of properties to supplement our income if we're in that position right we may not be in a need to hold a job the same way we're holding it right now so if you are someone saying you know what i would like to transition over time in the next two five whatever years to the point that something else is generating a, some sort of an income into my life it could be more than one resource resource it could be you know i have an investor who actually decided to quit his job because between the real estate that he does plus the selling on amazon he says that generate more money than my job and my job is just creating more stress in my life so he decided to take a break he is not he may come back uh to work as an you know as a as, a, as an employee, you know, he's being very courted by other companies to, to join them, but he's enjoying the position of just kind of thinking about what to do next, uh, doing more real estate, doing more Amazon, and not going back to work, you know, the, the traditional, you know, job with, a, with an employer. He may still do that, but that would be his choice, not because he has to, because he wants to, or because he feels the right thing. But even to him, I told him, you know, your job is actually something that can help you at least when it comes to real estate this is why i love your job for primarily two main reasons number one if you want to transition or if you want to start investing in real estate and you want to you know real estate to be part of your passive income flow right and you want to build it and you know it's going to take some time the first thing you probably need to acknowledge with your job is that when you have a steady job and you want to use mortgages, the lender loves you, right? If you come to a lender and you're, you don't have the steady job, the lender doesn't want to lend you. You know, mortgage lenders, for the most part, want to qualify us or you, me, etc., as the borrower and what our financial strength in terms of repaying the loan, okay? So the qualification is mostly on us, Right? And if we don't have a job, that weakens our standing, financial standing. That it doesn't even matter if we have 800 you know, credit score, it's still not good enough for the lender. The lender sees us as a risk. So in that situation, what you want to do is keep that job because you will be more attractive to the lender and the lender will be more likely to give you loans. Now, the fact that you're going to go to the lender while having a job and a year later, you know, quit your job doesn't matter to the lender anymore. It's, you know, that's the way it is. You know, they care at the moment of the qualification. So first of all, remember this, lenders love your job, right? Number one. Number two, right? Number two, job produces cash, brings cash into your life, right? So you have cash coming in. That cash is something you can use to save in order to, you know, to, 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 towards your down payment for the rent for buying a rental property and that cash is also something that helps you sustain your life or your livelihood while the real estate is not or you know producing you know or, or producing minimally when we buy rental properties with a mortgage the cash flow with a mortgage after all expenses is not very high we don't do it for the 200 dollars you know a month in cash flow which is nice you know because that is not a significant impact financially 
We do it for the long-term hold. What happened when the house is paid off? Then it turns to be $1,000 a month per property in cash flow. And the equity that we're building in that property in 10, 15 plus years, that's what we do. It's a long play. It's a long-term play. It's not a quick buck or a quick, you know, get rich quick kind of a, kind of a scheme. But we have to go through those years of minimal cash flow until, you know, rent goes up, creeps up over time. And until the, you know, equity builds up, that is really why we do it for the long term, a very powerful, slow mechanism. But in order to do that, we have to suffer through those years of going through the minimal cash flow per property until we accumulate more and more cash flow. And in that point, we can say, okay, now we have more cash flow, passive income coming into our life. We can now take that cash flow and say that creates the foundation for us to pay you know, for housing, to pay for food, to pay for whatever we need. And we can, you know, maybe even pay for everything and we don't, we no longer need our job or we can shift and say, we don't know, we no longer need that hectic job. We can actually settle for something else that is a little bit more relaxed, that is a little more, you know, less hours, that gives us a little more quality time with ourselves, our family, our friends, etc. So your job creates a two very important things when it comes to real estate. Number one, you are attractive to lenders. Number two, you are um, you have cash coming into your life to sustain your lifestyle and you have cash coming into your life so you can possibly, hopefully, save and put towards your next down payment for the next property, either number one, number two, etc. So your job is very beneficial especially if you want to go in that direction of transitioning. If you want to transition out of your job into another job, into a part-time job, into not working at all, my question for you, what's your plan? How are you going to accomplish that? Real estate can help you accomplish that. Can you do it overnight? Probably not, unless, you know, you have a lot of money available and you can buy, you know, a million, two, three, million dollar worth of real estate without mortgages in the next you know month or so if that's your case then this is easy if you're not in that category then you need to build that wealth building that wealth takes time you can maybe start you know a little bit more aggressive and transition into your uh into uh, uh into uh real estate in two or five years if you're a little bit more ag- aggressive or fast doesn't have to be aggressive or you can take your time and maybe get there get to that point uh, that maybe in 10 years from now, but at least you have an end game. At least you have an end point. You know what you want to uh, uh, go towards. And now you just need to make sure you have a good plan to get, you know, getting there. So your job can help you get there. Think about it not as you um, working, but think about it as you have a job that fuels other things in your life, such as the real estate, such as, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, buying, you know, investing in other passive income methods. Real estate is one of them. I'm sure you, you are familiar with others. Um, even my client investor who owns multiple properties, who has, you know, a very successful store on Amazon and has, you know, um, you know, real estate coming, you know, um, funds coming in passively from real estate. Even this guy is thinking about going back and working because he knows is more attractive to lenders. He knows he has a buying, you know, it will give him the buying power to buy additional properties. So even in that case, and he's a young guy, he's not even 40 or just turning 40. And he says, you know what? 
I'm enjoying this right now, but I think I'm, I may just go back because I'll, you know, I'm making quite a significant income for my, for my job in the, in, the, in the work that I'm doing that it can actually fuel everything, you know, um, you know, for me and accelerate everything that I'm trying to accomplish. And I told him, listen, you can actually go, you're in a great position to go. My suggestion to him is like, find a job, but find a job that it's more relaxed. You know, find a job that will enable you to not work as hectically and not travel as much and be more at home. Maybe that means a compromise on the income, but, you know, look at what it gives you in return. More time with your, more quality time with your loved ones and better position yourself with buying additional real estate. And he wants to buy, he already has multiple properties and he wants to buy additional properties, you know, so it's something very realistic in his case. Um, with that said, thank you for taking the time and joining me. Uh, if you have any questions, by all means, please put them, um, uh, put them as a comment and I will address them. I will take this time to just say that if you are not on our mailing list, not on our mailing list, you are missing on a few things. One is we send once a week um, handpicked list of properties. So um, you probably want to receive that if you are um, um, if you are interested in getting and seeing the type of properties we are dealing with. Plus, we make announcements on um, events and webinars and different things and courses that we put, and we typically send them first of all by uh, email, so you can actually get and sometimes you know uh, uh, coupons and and discounts and stuff like that. So if you're not on our mailing list and you're here, I would suggest you join our mailing list to, to be able to get those this type of information. You just need to subscribe uh, on the link that I've put on simplydoit.net and you can just uh, join uh, the 14 plus videos that we have, uh, which is free. You can always opt out, of course. So by all means, join us. If you have any questions regarding the topic, I will wait for another few good seconds. If you have questions that are not related to the topic, but are related to real estate, by all means, I'll be happy to uh, receive them as well. I'm gonna wait here for a few more seconds. If you are listening to the recording, you know, um, contact us. Yeah, let us know uh, if, if you have any questions. Uh, you know, just because you're in the recording doesn't mean we cannot respond. So put a comment in the recording, send us an email, not a problem. We'll be happy to. Okay, very good. I don't see any questions today, which is fine. Um, thank you very much for taking the time. I want to wish everyone a, ha a happy rest of your day, a great weekend, and um, see you next week on another session uh, about real estate investing. Bye-bye, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Bye-bye.